0: When we think of heaven, we think of a place that is absolutely perfect. Everything up there is perfect. And that includes even what the people up there are doing the saints, the angels. The Apostle John was privileged to get a glimpse of life in heaven. And he heard this wonderful assembly of, of angels and saints all gathered around the throne of God doing this one thing giving heavenly praise. God. We're privileged to be able to hear that through the scriptures, but not just to think ahead to, oh man, that's what heaven is like, but also that that we have encouragement and a model for us to follow here with our praise on earth. Listen to this symphony of heavenly praise
1: from Revelation. Also, in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, "...clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second like an ox, the third had the face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings." Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne And worship Him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Now we
0: can join our voices here with those in heaven that are singing to the Lamb as we sing on this day, Lamb of God. And together to raise our praises as one voice and one congregation, please rise with us as we sing. We start our message. Extend, extend an invitation to all our young children, ages three through second grade. You can go into the entryway and meet the teacher and be taken to Children's Church. I God. I God. I God. You... This summer, we have been spending our time in the Psalms, that, that hymn book from the Old Testament. And we've noted that there are various themes uh, that relate to our life, even things that you know we do during the summer. So we talked about how summer is sometimes uh, seen as a time for relaxing, as, as we just kind of take a break from things and refresh ourselves. Well, that's also true spiritually, that we need to kind of relax and get refreshed. Summer sometimes is seen as a time for family gatherings, whether it uh, be our earthly family here, and we talk about our responsibilities towards one another, but also the time we have to be together as the family of God. We looked at that last week. And as we might have some special projects during the summer, uh, the Psalms remind us a good special project for God's people is that of prayer, because you can get a lot done with prayer. So we talked about praying for our nation, praying for others, praying for our own personal guidance from the Lord. Of course, probably one of the big things that's seen to be done during the summer is the traveling, uh, going various places. And so we talked about how, you know, we travel through life and have different experiences and and how God can help us and guide us and strengthen us through those experiences. Well, along with that traveling, there's usually some sightseeing. Now we're familiar with that, right? Because if you have people who come out to California, especially in this area, there's some certain things that they want to go see. They want to see the Golden Gate Bridge. They might want to see the city. Maybe they want to go to Alcatraz. They want to see the Redwoods. They want to see the ocean. So they want to go see places. And, And that's true for us, too. If we go somewhere else, maybe there's a famous city we want to see, some monument or some memorial, maybe something historical that's happened there. Maybe we want to travel overseas, go to Europe, and see some of the very famous places that are there. So whatever we do when we go sightseeing, we're just amazed by what we see, and we want to take a lot in, and and we have reactions to it then, like, wow, what what a great building structure that was, or what beautiful natural landscape is there. So it always incites us, in a sense, to kind of give some praise for what we see. Well, one of the themes in the book of Psalms is that of praise, praising God. Well, today we're going to do some sightseeing. The psalmist is going to take us on a tour to do some sightseeing. And that tour is of the universe. So I hope you have your ticket, <laughs> your seatbelts, and we're going to take a tour through Psalm 148 of the universe. Now, watch the screen, of course, for the words, because I've also put pictures up there to depict what he's talking about. Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all ocean depths. Praise the Lord from the earth, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers of earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them all praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. And he raised up for his people a horn, The praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Well, it's pretty obvious, isn't it, from that psalm what his message is? Simply, praise the Lord. In the Hebrew, that's that word, hallelujah. And when you look at the Hebrew text, you can see that word there, very prominent at the start of each of those stanzas. It's a combination of two Hebrew words. Hallelujah, which means praise, and Yah, which is a little word that means the Lord. In this psalm alone, that word is used 13 times. Throughout that whole book of psalms, it's used 182 times. And in all of the Bible, the word praise is used 363 times. And then there are additional words like Worship and exalt and rejoice and extol all have that idea of praise. You get the message? Praise the Lord. Now it's interesting that the, the, the structure that he had in, in this psalm, kind of like with Psalm 150 that we heard before, he's putting together all these different sections of the universe and he's bringing them all together as if it were one big symphonic composition, a symphony of praise. Well, let's take a look at what he is urging us to do, what he's urging us to praise God for. The very first thing as we see is the beauty of creation. And the reason he calls our attention to it is because that creation is simply declaring the majesty of God. Now, I found it kind of interesting how he's starting out the psalm and and where he takes it. He didn't start with church. You know, let's praise God here in in his house. He started in heaven with the angels. He said that the angels should praise him. And earlier in another psalm, he said, Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. God created the angels to be his servants. And they praise God not just with their beautiful voices in song, but also with their actions, with their works. They were created to be his servants that he uses to serve us. In another psalm verse, he also refers to the angels praising God when he says, Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. That is, they are supposed to sing. They are supposed to give credit to God for his great glory and his strength. We, we heard them do that in that reading from Revelation a few minutes ago. That is, that perfect heavenly praise of God. Now, in our psalm, when he said the heavenly hosts, some Bible scholars think he was simply referring to this army of angels But some think that he was maybe also referring to the heavenly bodies, meaning the planets. Now, David didn't have a telescope when he wrote this psalm. Like, you and I have telescopes and all these astronomical tools so that we can get these wonderful pictures of our universe. Actually, David had something better than a telescope. He had the Holy Spirit helping him see and describe the universe. He talked about the sun and the moon and all the stars and the planets and our own planet. Uh, This picture is displaying the sun. Look how large it is in comparison to all those other planets there. And one of those little tiny dots is the planet Earth. Wow, that sun that stands in its brightness and all of those planets and their wonderful glory and, and their color and composition all stand for the glory of God. Now he adds to that all the starry hosts. The millions, the billions, we're told the trillions of stars that are out there. Some collected all together in what we call galaxies. Now in, I think it was in 1988 or 1989, uh, astronomers discovered what they call the Great Wall of Galaxies. It was this composition of a bunch of galaxies that were close to each other. And as they looked out way into the universe several billion light years away, um, they discovered this huge wall of galaxies. And they were amazed. They call it the Great Wall. But then a year later, just a year later, they discovered that that particular Great Wall was only one collection of galaxies when there was probably about a dozen more. That, that whole ring of blue there uh, is what they pictured as this huge wall, collection of galaxies. And beyond that were more pulsars, these exploding stars as, as the universe is expanding. Wow. All of that stands for the praise of God, singing his majesty. Well, that's exactly what David said in Psalm 19. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Now, when you and I think of praise, we think of you know what we're doing here—that we're singing songs to God, we're saying something about God. Well, how can these inanimate objects praise God? Right? They don't have a voice. Do they? Well, scientists have found that there's actually radio signals that are coming from these planets. And they can hear, to me it sounds like static, but they can hear noise coming. Now to me it sounds like static, but to God it's probably beautiful music. Because these created planets are making noise, giving evidence of his handiwork. It's not my style of music, but apparently it appeals to God. But there's more than just the, the sound that they make. It's their beauty and their purpose. He refers to the sky and the waters above the earth. Well, we know how important those waters are as they bring life to this planet. You see, they have a purpose to fulfill. And so when we look at the, the beauty of creation, we can see the majesty of God In this way, all those planets and such, they are calling our attention to the one who created it with all his wisdom to put it all together and his power. He didn't need some millions or billions of years to do it. He only took a couple seconds when he declared, let there be, and there was. And they're still there. They can be seen by us now. They are all obeying the laws of physics, his laws. We finally figure them out and write them down. But they're all his laws of physics. Their whole existence is due to the command of God. That's how they display the majesty of God. Now, as we continue our tour, the psalmist takes us from outer space, from the far reaches of the universe, back down to our planet he writes praise the Lord from the earth you great sea creatures in all ocean depths we like to think of the universe out there in outer space but there's another universe another world under the sea all those wonderful sea creatures and that world that lives under there now David really didn't know much about it he didn't have scoop of gear He didn't have all this sonar stuff that we have today to go underneath. But again, he had the Holy Spirit who told him that there's a world called an ocean filled with all these wonderful sea creatures. David could look out his window, though, and see the force and the power of nature displayed in lightning thunder the strong winds and the snow and for all of that he gave praise to God who controls it all we can't control it can we we can't control the lightning and the thunder and the snow the rain we wish we could but God controls it giving it or withholding it it just reminds us of his majesty to work all of that and all for our good David spoke of the mountains and the hills, the the trees and all the creatures flying or crawling. All of that evidence of of God's working to to bring beauty and life into this world. And then finally, he brings that symphony of, of praise down to us. When he says the kings of the earth, the princes, all the rulers, young men, women, children... All of us are here to do this one thing, and that is to praise God. To lift up his name above all the creation and to give him glory. What a wonderful symphony of praise, huh? But it has another message for us. It's to give us assurance of his care. David was reminded of that. When he he looked out and he saw those mountains, he prayed, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you the Lord is your shade at your right hand the Sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night the Lord will keep you from all harm he will watch over your life the Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore now sometimes we wonder sometimes we worry what's going on. Just look up to the sky. And as the psalmist said, see how he covers that sky with clouds? Because he's supplying the earth with rain and makes the grass grow on the hills. So don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear, Jesus said. For your heavenly Father knows you need all those things and will give you all those things. So don't worry, just seek him first. So as we look at the creation and and marvel at its wondrous composition, be assured that the God who put it all together cares about you. So what should our response be? The psalmist also writes, great are the works of the Lord, They are studied by all who delight in them. So he's urging us to study, to understand all of those things, and to see his majesty at work. It's just a reminder for us to appreciate everything that God has given us. And to understand that he's also the sustainer of all of those things. So let's honor him as the one who created it. Let's honor him and trust in him as the one who sustains it with that same powerful word he spoke to bring it into existence. And let's humble ourselves, recognizing we are here to serve him with what he has given us. It's a beautiful symphony of praise, isn't it? What a wonderful song. But as we look around, I hear some sour notes. I hear some things that are out of tune. Some wrong notes that are being played. Sometimes the creation isn't all so beautiful. Things don't seem to work right. What's going on? The Apostle Paul spoke about that in Romans chapter 8. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, the bad notes, the sour notes, as in the pains of childhood right up to the present time. Well, what went wrong? Why are things out of tune or skipping a beat? The answer is, it's the sound of sin, my sin, that has ruined creation. Think back to the very beginning, when God in the scriptures describes for us how he created this whole world. And at the end of that sixth day, he said, it was perfect. And then you turn the page. Maybe it was just a few days later. Mankind thought things could be better than what God did. Mankind swallowed the lie the devil gave them that God was holding back from them what was good and perfect. That they could be like God if they would just eat from that one tree that God said, just that one tree that He said, do not eat from it. They thought life could be better, that they could be like God. And so they ate from the tree and brought disobedience, brought sin into the world. And that's what ruined God's perfect symphony. Now, he said, there would be thorns, and there would be toil, there would be sorrow, and there would be pain because of our sin." But there was something else God had in mind, too. As I was putting this slideshow together, I ran across uh, this picture from space. Maybe you've seen it before. This was a picture that was taken by the astronauts on Apollo 8 on Christmas Eve in 1968. They were orbiting the moon and took this picture of the planet Earth and sent it back. And as they did, they started to read aloud from Genesis 1, that beautiful story of God creating the world. But when I looked at this, I thought, you know what? That's saying something to me now. That in this imperfect world, this out-of-tune symphony now, God has focused yet on one thing. Those people that he loves. That planet. Though he, it's surrounded in a darkness of sin and unbelief, God had a plan. Now, we just read 12, 13 verses of beautiful praise of symphony for the creation. But listen how the psalmist ends the psalm. And he raised up for his people a horn. The praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. What is he talking about? A horn? (laughs) An animal horn is more powerful or more beautiful than that galaxy collection? The horn was a symbol to God's people of strength. The horn on an animal was its strength. It could use that horn to defend itself, to defeat its enemy. In Israel's worship, they used ram's horns as like their trumpets. Perhaps it reminded them of the ram that God supplied as the substitute when Abraham was going to sacrifice his son Isaac and God told him to stop, that he provided a substitute instead. This horn that the psalmist is talking about is also one that Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, right before John is born, and then thinking ahead to when Jesus would be born, talks about in his song of praise from Luke chapter 1. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. At the end of that beautiful symphony of praise, For the beauty of creation, David says, let's praise God for the gift of salvation. That's the horn he's holding up. He's referring to Jesus, who gives us the victory over our enemies. Jesus was the horn of strength as he stood up to all the temptations that the devil threw at him to try to get him to fall. Temptations that you and I are familiar with. But Jesus was strong to overcome them and never sinned. So now there is a perfect obedience from a human being who is also the Son of God. That's given to you and me as ours simply through our faith in Jesus. Jesus died, but not in weakness. It was in strength to defeat the devil who wanted to drag us to hell. Jesus suffered hell in our place. And Jesus defeated death with his strength as he rose from the dead to show us that death has been defeated and we too will rise and live forever. What a beautiful reason to praise God. That's what the psalmist was saying. Because of the victory we have from the Lord. Hallelujah. That word Yah means the Lord. That was the Old Testament name for the God who is faithful to his promises. It's the God who has us close to his heart. That's why Jesus came. That's why God blesses us today. Because of Jesus, he has us close to his heart. There may be times when we feel that God is distant and things aren't going so well, and we wonder where are these blessings that God speaks of? Just look around. God hasn't forgotten you. He is faithful and keeps you close to His heart. Good reasons to praise the Lord. You know what? Human beings do a lot of praise. We do, we know how to praise. I mean, just turn on the TV and watch a baseball game. There's people praising the Giants. Watch a Warriors game. People praising the Warriors. Watch a 49ers game. There might be people praising them. Watch a Cowboys. Watch a Cowboys game. There are people praising the Cowboys. We know how to praise. We'll praise our movie stars. We'll praise all our accomplishments. We know how to praise. But the question is, where is our praise for God? studies, surveys have been done. One that said, well, you know, about 40% of uh, Christians in America go and worship God on a Sunday. That was proven false. The number's actually lower because of that 40-some percent that go to church. That's on that one Sunday, but the next Sunday they're not there. They may not come back for several weeks. So, they figure there's probably really only about 20 to 23% or 5% of Americans who worship God every week. Do we not have this universe and this creation every day? Do we not have the gift of salvation every day? We do. And so, let's remember these words of praise. For the times that I complain and I'm selfish about things, I have forgiveness. For the times when I worry and doubt about what God is doing, I have assurance of his love. So let's take our whole life and bring it all together as one big symphony of praise. And let's sing it loud. Let's sing it long. Amen.